It's the Meg John and Justin podcast. Yay! Yay! <laughs> We've got really good at that now. I think we are good. We yeah. didn't burst into laughter or at any point. No. I couldn't meet your eyes when I was doing it, though. I noticed I looked down. Oh, okay. Yeah, because otherwise I'd crack up. Well, I've been thinking about this. Like, it's a little bit different every time. Yeah. You know, we alternate it. Mm-hmm. And it's that thing of, you know, every time we're doing it, it feels like if we approach it like it's the first time. Yes. You know, every time is the first time. And different ones of us initiate different times. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of analogies here. Definitely. With what we're just about to talk about. That's right. <laughs> um, so, MJ, MJ, MJ. We've got our first question. We've got a question. We've got a natural question. So we're gonna so here is the question. Everyone always talks about how the key to good sex is communicating. Communicating. Uh, but how do you initiate a conversation with the first place? So it's about communication. Yeah, this is an excellent how question. How we start to communicate with somebody. Yeah. Really excellent. Quite a hard question. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for the question. It's a really great question. Yeah, it really is, because I think it's often assumed, isn't it? It's like, Mm. well, actually, I was, um, when I did this research that I was looking at sex advice online, Mm. um, I looked up to see how do people answer this question online, Mm. uh, this question of how to talk about sex or how to communicate about sex. And um, mostly it was two answers, Mm. neither of which I think are good answers. (laughs) So number one answer is don't talk about it Mm. because you spoil it by talking about it. So that kind of old myth of like it should all be spontaneous. Ruin the moment. You should telepathically know what each other want. And if not, it's a terrible sign that you've got a terrible relationship. Just like in the movies. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So that is really bad advice, people. (laughs) (laughs) Because, Because, yeah, no one is telepathic. And yeah. um, and it's pretty risky in terms of consent if Definitely. you just like go on in there hoping that whatever you did to the last person will be happy here and yeah exactly yeah. and the other bit of advice that they, that they so give. the slightly better version is do talk about it in fact mm. you must talk about sex mm. it's really important yeah but not telling you how to do it yeah <laughs> I mean, absolutely it's always kind of like it's either as like an afterthought or a beginning kind of thought it's like. Of course, you need to ask your partner about what it is that they like. Mm -hmm. And then they follow it up by a load of problematic advice about what it is that everyone likes and you should do this to them. Yeah, exactly. Um, And and actually, the tricky business of uh, sex is like finding ways to talk about it. Yeah. But I guess the thing that we want to do is rather is that before you start finding ways to talk about sex with a partner and what kind of sex you may or may not want to have, what you need to talk about how to talk about exactly how to have that uh, conversation or communication that should be the first and in in a way that's a less scary perhaps Mm. conversation to have it's like just um, you know any two or more people who wanting to have sex with each other could start by having a convo about how we're going to have this how are we going to communicate yeah. Um, and that might be a bit less threatening, you know, mm-hmm. just to say to each other, hey, you know, talking about sex, that's really hard, isn't it? You know, mm. it's really difficult for a lot of people. Mm. It's quite a quite a risky subject, but we are going to have to have some kind of conversation. Yeah. Um, how how do you like to, to do that? How, how shall we? And it, it sets the scene really nice because you're already talking about how you like to do things. Yeah. Um, you're kind of starting that culture between you. 
that yeah. it's not assumed, you know, that you, that you have that conversation. Exactly, because some people mm. are really quite happy just sitting down and talking about it in front of whoever they may, may want to have sex with and say, yeah, I'm into this, I'm right. into that, I'm not into that. Yeah. Other people might find it more challenging and they might want to spend a bit of time thinking about thinking how it about is they might first. want to communicate. Yeah. And also some people are kind of happier uh, writing things down. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of other different ways to do it. I mean, in a way, the word talk is is a... A problematic yeah. one isn't it because you don't have to talk yeah. it might well be that you find other ways to do it and I think there's a lot of other ways that are in fact quite a lot more fun mm. um, and almost like kind of close the gap between the talking about it and the having sex you know and make it kind of part and parcel of the same thing well, which definitely. can be great yeah well okay, so that's the first thing isn't it so mm. have uh, try to have like a we call it meta communication like talking about how it is you like to talk about things yeah and maybe notice some of the other things and if you know this if you know the person if you're in a relationship with a with somebody you want to have sex with notice all the other ways you talk about yeah how you reach decisions that's a good point you know like thinking about what's been if you're wanting to talk about sex within the context of a of a relationship you're already and notice how you communicate around other stuff and then also try to notice why it's harder to talk about sex in the same way that you might talk about you know where we're going to eat what where are we going to eat later or what are we going to eat or Mm. what pub should we go to yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing as well here to bring in is that just like um, the advice that uh, I give to parents around talking to their kids around sex is that it shouldn't be one sex talk. It's just yeah. a lot of talks. It's like it's about kind of making it a kind of a little and often kind of conversation. Yeah, so otherwise it can be that scary big talk. Yeah, you know, exactly. oh, are we going to have the talk? And it's loaded and it doesn't feel like much fun. You know, it feels yeah. like quite hard work. Well, it, it's kind of... Uh, better to kind of bring in lots of smaller conversations I think for a couple of reasons one um, there can be quite a lot at stake for Mm. a lot of people uh, with the person like they might really worry about what the other person is going to think if they kind of in one conversation blurt out absolutely everything (laughs) that they're really into and the other person's like oh good luck with all that and it's like you know it can be a bit too much so kind of breaking things down to bite sized chunks is kind of easier in that way but also by having kind of frequent conversations uh, about uh, sex that you may or may not want to have, um, you're able to take into account that people don't quite know what it is that they're into. Mm. And it gives people the time to think, oh, this is something that I haven't really thought about very much. And when people get a bit more time, they can think about what it is they might be into. But it also takes into account that mm. people are constantly changing. In terms I was going to say that into. change over time. So yeah, like yeah. one of the things I like on this um, is is writing, um, yeah. and that's sort of, sort of why we did the zine, which was make your own sex manual mm-hmm. to help people kind of write a bit about what they like and what they don't yeah, like. That's available and that's, now to download at our website, makejohnjustin.com <laughs> forward slash publications. <laughs> It's there, and um, yeah, so I, I will write a version of that kind of thing, yeah. like a maybe four sides of A4 or something I've mm. got now, which is sort of, this is what I'm into, and I can change it, you know, so I, I would send that out to somebody multiple times, you know, yeah. here's the new version, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of nice as well, because they can see what um, what we've learned together often. Yes, yeah. that's informed the Definitely. new version, you know. So, so and the same with a, an in-person conversation, you know, that 
it, it, that it's got that idea built in if you're going to revisit it every few months or so yeah. that you know it's what we've learned together and here's what I'm into you know here's here's now the shape of my desire definitely mm. should we talk about like writing things down like yeah. because it's almost as if um like it feels to me like in a lot of sex advice it, it's it's kind of like verboten to write things down as if uh, it's not very romantic or not yeah. very sexy or and stuff but actually it can be a lot easier to to spend a, an hour like thinking about what you're really into and writing it down oh, absolutely also, and the idea that that's not hot i mean right? seriously um you know uh it doesn't have to be for everyone some people really struggle to write things down so yeah. don't try and do it if it's not for you and uh you know some people like a prompt like our zine mm. um but you know for some people actually writing down fantasies mm-hmm. and even writing erotic fiction and things is yeah. a really big thing for them and it's great to um, have the chance to to write some of those things mm-hmm. down and share it with a partner. It can be super hot to share mm-hmm. it as well, and then like to read uh, what the other person's into, or to have that kind of slightly vulnerable, slightly excited feeling when you send that thing off to well, the partner right. to read. You know, I mean, like you were saying before, it's 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 um, it, it's it's a mistake to kind of um, to compartmentalize talking about sex from sex. Right. I mean, often it can be sex. So imagine how hot it might be to. Uh, have like a kind of a text back and forth with a partner over the course of a day like mm. about something that they might be interested in yeah. in doing or even something they might not be interested in doing but like being able to share each other's fantasies yeah. in that way. Well I was going to say this is where you know again the sex advice online that I read was all about talking about you know somewhat to somewhat talking about contraception but mostly it was about talking about what you're into mm. but there was no talking about consent whereas yeah. you can wrap it up together yeah. you know so you can send this thing out saying hey you know here, here's where I've got to yeah. and I'm you know wondering where where the overlap might be you know mm. we talk about like Venn diagrams don't we with this like we're yeah. going to have some overlapping desires and we're going to have some different ones so it's going to be perfectly fine you almost make it fine for the person to say yeah this bit is definitely not my bag yeah. but it's really cool that it's your bag yeah. and this bit ooh, that you know when I read that bit I went a bit weak at the knees at the thought of it or you know exactly. that really that really got me excited and and that's mm. the thing around um, consent isn't this kind of dry add-on topic you know and we're like wagging our fingers yeah you know, oh, <laughs> make sure everything's consensual but by making sure everything is consensual you're opening up as many possibilities for having enjoying different kinds of sex and yeah that you know when 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 we hear that somebody might not be into one thing but they might really be into another and we kind of think well that's kind of interesting that they're really mm. into that other thing and then we can start to then play with the idea around um the different roles that we may inhabit with that person during sex and yeah. the different kinds of states we might get into and exactly and i'm thinking as well again there's this sort of uh a spectrum from the kind of talking about it to doing it mm. so you could say that kind of conversation that is about what do we want but there's a, a frisson of it being quite exciting would be you know talking about it but it's getting towards the actually doing it kind of end yeah then you've got you know you could have sort of sort of cyber sex over a written messenger yeah. say yeah and that's like you are having sex yeah, at exactly. that point but it's maybe a little less risky than doing it in person if you say well you know you're typing like i do this to you and then they're typing well i do this yeah. you know or i respond in this way or da, 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 da. so that would be another thing and then you've got kind of when you know you're physically actually together but maybe you're just exchanging fantasies verbally so Mm -hmm. you're not actually doing anything with each other or sort of playful games you know there's a lot of kind of games you can play with each other that are 
uh, around like figuring out which zones you like to be in. Uh, Betty Martin's Wheel of Consent is one yeah. that's quite fun. Uh, we talk about that quite a lot, don't we? Yeah. I kind of never quite get it, and you. you I quite like it. So yeah. you can you can check that out online if you if you Google for Betty Martin and Wheel of Consent. It gives you a little. Th- it's called a three minute game where you try being in sort of different headspaces. But another one, um, a friend of mine has um, is like some cards, mm-hmm. and it's like they. Uh, she made them uh, for her and so based on the kind of things she enjoys so Mm. you'd have to make it with a partner based on the kind of things you're both into Mm. but some of the cards say something some of them are do something Mm. and some of them are tell something Mm. and you know so you might put oh say and then a kind of sexy line it might be do kissing mm. the other person mm. or it might be tell you know an uh, an embarrassing sexual story or your mm. ultimate fantasy or something okay. and you create these cards and then you can play that as a kind of little game where you both take it in turns to pick up you can choose which of those three piles yeah. you pick the card from and then you do the thing or you say the thing or you tell the thing okay. and it's quite good for getting in the mood but it's also quite good for learning about each other yeah um and you always get the chance to not do it or you know if it's yeah. not if it's not a bit like a truth or dare kind of thing i suppose I mean, that sounds like it's really not my cup of tea at all. But no, I'm sure it is for the people, and that's why you need to do meta communication exactly, around doing right? things like that. Right? Yeah, yeah. So some people are so not into the kind of little yeah. games or activities, whether people love them. So, yeah, yeah. And there's, I think, also when you were talking about spectrums, it kind of made me think around that there is this kind of um, the idea that we communicate about sex and then we have sex and actually yeah. communication continues during any physical sexual activities as well right, right. because we're always learning about our, what's happening to us and what's happening to the other person and we're noticing what's happening all the way through which is our big thing with, yeah. when we talk about handshakes for instance in our book and in the videos that you can see on our website it's about so we talk about the kind of ongoing communication between people that actually happens during it but then also we can i mean you can talk during it as well you know exchanging short phrases about how things are going and well again that's isn't that another good one for meta communication yeah. to think like you know what kind of communication do you like during sex some people really don't want any actual talking yeah uh, want to really just notice each other's non-verbal communication other people would really like a bit of um kind of checking in type talking how is this for yeah. you you know where are you at on a scale of one to ten yeah other people would like more sexy talk you know mm-hmm. of kind of oh, i'm going to do this to you i'm going to you know yeah. this, other people more noises you know really mm. really appreciate a bit of you know noise to tell them is this going down well etc so you know and other people you know really full-on you know telling each other fantasies mm. you know quite a lot of dialogue during would yeah. be good or describing you know we've talked before i think about describing acts that maybe those your particular bodies can't do with each other mm. but you're talking as if that is what you're doing yeah and that's for some people that's a really good way of enjoying types of sex that maybe they can't actually do in practice definitely and mm. it's it's kind of also a way uh, so we're also then saying that talking during it is not just a way of like uh getting and giving consent and understanding that we're all on the same page around what we're doing but it's also like amplifying the hotness in absolutely a way, right? it's yeah. like that if we 
if we use verbal or non-verbal communication are constantly paying attention to that, that it can actually help us to enjoy sex more. Yeah, and we need the meta-communication because as yeah. we've talked about before, people who maybe really like to go in a trance state yeah. may find that incredibly interfering yeah, <laughs> and they may exactly. much rather go really, really quiet. Or some people prefer some music on or something like that, actually yeah. other sounds mm. because it can be quite hard to let themselves go in, yeah. in silence. Yeah. So really diff- different things for different people, as That's we always right. say, isn't it? And then, so we talked about talking about sex during, mm-hmm. uh, and we talked about having sex before, but also you can talk about it after, like yeah. the post match analysis. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. Slop in a fender at the back. Uh, that's my Ellen Hansen impression. Oh, right. We've, uh, we're, now we're talking about sports, dear listeners, and <laughs> I, I find myself perplexed uh, at what's going on, but I'm trying to go with it. <laughs> I can do sport. If anyone wants to do a cycling podcast with me, I'm in. Uh-huh. I'm game. Yeah. Or. or if any cyclists need a, a sex advisor, uh, <laughs> hit me up. Um, so yeah, you can do the post, uh, like the post-sex analysis, like the punditry in the studio, like they do in uh, on sports programs. I and mean, yeah, you can kind of like have really nice conversations with each other about what it is that you noticed during. Yeah, um, yeah. We were saying that we probably want to get away from the that felt good, that was terrible, kind of. You know, get, yeah. It's not about rating it, isn't it? You know, yeah. we were talking about how like actually you know you can get focused on was that good or bad mm. or like where was it on a scale of one to ten but actually that can you can end up grasping that too tightly really yeah. and often the next time you do things you know you're, you're too you're too focused on like oh well, last time wasn't very good so we've got to do it better or last time was amazing so we've got to do it the same this yeah. you know so it's not about that it's more about yeah just really noticing how it was for you and seeing it as a dynamic between you rather mm. than uh, you know, one person's performance that yeah. needs to be rated or something yeah. like that because that's not how it is. No, I mean, I guess there is an opportunity there for if a thing happens that somebody would definitely not want to do again, yeah. then that's that. Then it's useful to have that conversation again continuously. Yeah, about... that's really important. And, you that's... know, like saying, and it can be like actually you know it, actually that was a thing I thought I was really gonna like and yeah. it turned out it really didn't work for me yeah um and again it's not about blame that it's about just you know yeah. saying just yeah just owning that really that sometimes things aren't what you want and then and then you could be clear like actually I would like to try that again maybe in a different way yeah or that's taking it off the table for me but good to learn yeah you know? exactly yeah. But having this kind of, uh, doing this kind of noticing approach and kind of talking to each other about what was happening can help you to uh, be present to the, the feelings after sex as well. But also yeah. it kind of takes you away from, even if an experience that you had when you had sex was really good mm. and you then hold on to that for the next sexual experience and you're kind of trying to repeat that experience, it stops you being present for the next experience, yeah. doesn't it? It's, yeah. So it's like in your head you would think you might think oh that thing we did last time was really hot kind of feel like we should do that again yeah rather than really paying attention to that moment where actually the thing that might have been hot last week might not be hot this no, week because exactly. you're in a different mood with essentially a different body which is what we say in our book is that yeah. every time you have sex with somebody it kind of um maybe treat it like it's the first time you're having sex with them i think that's right and also you know again we're going back to that meta communication that you're going to have before you do anything else mm thinking about where you get to at the end of sex you know people in the kink community for example does this concept of aftercare mm. so you would never go straight into post-match analysis yeah. because you're gonna need one hell of a cuddle you know yeah. after the thing you've just done yeah. or for other people they don't 
you know yeah. so it's about figuring out you know is the kind of thing we're doing the sort of thing you're going to need to come back from you've gone into some kind of headspace or some kind of role and you're going to need a bit of time yeah and then it might be okay well let's do the post-match analysis part like after we've also yeah. had you know a real break in watch some telly yeah or or might it just come in quite you know kind of uh organically mm. you know yeah just what what people's preferences are and again trying mm. to find something that's going to meet both sets of needs because it may be that people have quite different sets of preferences around that so i guess to sum up is mm. what we're kind of saying is that it needs to be kind of uh, maybe go for the little and often kind of conversations constantly that can happen mm. for during and after sex yeah uh, but also before that having a conversation around how you want to talk about it and that uh, and that the conversations and the sex are not necessarily two separate things but yeah. that they can be interwoven in some pretty hot ways yeah is there anything else do you think we need to cover no that'll do that will do <laughs> that will do nicely <laughs> okay so uh thank you very much for listening and subscribing to our podcast you should be able to now subscribe through the through your usual podcast apps uh find us online uh um com on twitter at megjohnjustin on facebook megjohnjustin and you can find us at soundcloud soundcloud.com forward slash megjohnjustin until the next podcast. And please do send in your questions. Oh, yeah, we, we like the questions. Yeah, we want to answer we're some more. We're very, getting very excited about the questions we're getting. Yeah. Um, cool. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.